1: oh man i like the sound of that it's been a while since i cracked open a beer on my podcast um i was if you all know if you listen to my podcast i've been i was dealing with the COVID the rona for the last two weeks um so it's been a while but finally get to crack open a beer what do i got today i got jungling this Jungling, I've loved this beer and I'm super happy that's finally in Texas. They came to Texas finally, like last year. But anyways, uh, got a great episode for you today. I got Chris Slifka. I hope I said that right um, on the podcast. If you don't know Chris Slifka, he is not the newest, but one of our newest um, segments on the Paddle and Fin Network. Every other Sunday, we have The Mindset. And I'll throw in the logo right here so you can see it if you're watching on YouTube. Um, No, that's the one wrong one. That's the one for my last guest, Shane Lamont. But anyways, man, we don't have his logo. I got to go talk to Chris. We got to get his logo up here. Maybe it's here and I can't find it. But anyways, he has a great episode called The Mindset. And um, we love it. He has a cool logo coming out too. I don't know why it's not here. But he talks a lot about, you know, Making, getting your mind right when you're fishing uh, tournament and for fun. And he's got some great guests on his podcast. So I really encourage you, all of you to listen to his episode every other Sunday. Other than that, what do we got? Um It is Saturday for me, Saturday, the 5th of February. Looking at the leaderboard for the Bass Nation Kayak Series in Lake Fork. Man, oh man, we had another um snowstorm coming in. And not for nothing, not to toot my own horn, but I kind of called it. If you ever listened to my episode with Caleb Helbig, I think it was, I even called it. I said, this tournament, I bet you anything there was going to be a snowstorm by the time this tournament rolls in. And sure enough, I jinxed it. There is tough day today, man. Like only the top 12 caught a limit out of 150 anglers. Um, Shout out to Garrett Morgan, man. 102 and a half inches. And to put it in perspective, um, last year's tournament uh, was 98 inches, I think. Um, year before that, I don't remember for Bass Nations uh, or if it was a Hobie BOS. I know um, Cody Milton, I think, got 100 inches. But on the conditions that we're having, which was there was ice on the lake this morning. For Garrett Morgan in Texas to cut 102 102- inches. 0.5 inches that's amazing uh, shout out to Rolando Nandine also 99 and a half inches on day one of day two Chris Longshore Chris Hartman Terry Elkins Guillermo Gonzalez to the surprise of no one he's in contention to 94.75 James Bush Larry Anderson Matthew Ramey and Matthew Scotch another Texas hammer They round out the top 10. Super happy to see a bunch of my Texas peeps out there last year. um, On Bass Nation, Cairo, Citizen Fork. I think um, Gio Guillermo Gonzalez was the only Texan in the top 10. Um, So great job by everyone out there. I mean, it is tough, tough condition. I am glad I'm not taking part of that. Big fan of everybody that's taking part of this. You guys out there, if you're listening and you fish Lake Fork, congratulations to whoever won. And bring props to you for fishing on those conditions. At least in Texas, we're not used to this. So, anyways, got a great show for you today. Shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go check out douglasoutdoors.com for the full lineup. LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning fly fishing rods. Quick commercial for waypoints, and we bring Chris up. So, stick around. You're going to enjoy it.
0: Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, The clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt,
2: Pretty boy Chris, you doing alright? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Just surviving this winter. It's, it's been brutal. Where are you
1: right now, Chris?
2: By Chicago, the way? Chicago, Illinois. Oh yeah,
1: I'm. I'm yeah. talking about my weather. You guys, are, you're like that's Tuesday for us, Armando. What yep. the hell are you talking about? <laughs>
2: yeah. Was it bad for you this snowmageddon? This. Uh, it was. But you know, you've been here your whole life. You're kind of used to it. You know, I. Just get up an hour earlier, get the snow out the way before you have to go do anything. You know, it's typical for us.
1: Yeah, I saw a meme uh, somewhere where it's like, "To Texas with tornadoes, oh we got this," <laughs> and then Texas in uh, it with one inch of snow, and it's uh, like a picture of the what is it? The Holy Grail was yeah. that, uh, <laughs> that uh, British comedy movie. It was funny. But yeah, it's pretty much what it is, man. We can handle pretty much everything in Texas as a quarter inch of snow.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you get it on the roads, it could be dangerous, but I mean out here we're all used to it by now.
1: Yeah, no, not
2: here. Dude.
1: Shout out like and like I said, shout out to everybody in Fork. I it's not I when it's snowed here, I'm like, man, I would go in the water, but people really and you know, I'm I'm not used to... Well, I'm kind of used to driving in snow because I used to go to Colorado a lot for snowboarding and I drove there. But people here in Texas not used to driving in snow and sleep, man. It's dangerous, especially if you're in a trailer on a kayak. I'm yeah. like, there's no way I'm getting... I'm not concerned about the water being cold. I'm concerned about the drivers here. So
2: Well, and then you're not used to it either. Yeah, they're I mean, not used especially to it. Even being on the kayak, you're not used to that cold of water. I don't know how cold the water gets for you guys, but we're used to seeing... You know, forty degree temps. Yeah, we're here. February usually goes down to forty degrees. I don't know why. Um
1: I guess if you're not from Texas and you figure where you're gonna hold the national tournament, you think, oh, Texas, you know. You know, it's like Florida, you know, the winter's not that bad. But February is traditionally the worst month in Texas as far as winter goes. And I hate it every time they schedule a national tournament on february because it's it's 50 50 shot you're gonna have like really bad cold weather but um anyways big shout out like i said big shout out to the guys at bass nation yeah um this weekend man that's crazy only well, 12 then, go ahead you have hobie next weekend too don't you i got toledo Ben, and the weather's <clears throat> looking phenomenal 60s and 70s and six mile per hour winds now that could change from here on you know that's still a week away. Next week, it could be like it's Texas. It could be thunderstorms. It, it could be below freezing. You never know. So anything That's, could happen in a week.
2: This seems to be the the tradition. You know, with they were out in Kasumi, they got winter weather out there too.
1: Yeah, I saw that. That was so crazy. Like,
2: <laughs> it's just following the Terminator trails right now.
1: Yeah, you think they're like okay? Let's <laughs> let's avoid the winter storms by going down south for winter. Yeah. How did that work out for KBF? The Hobie's the only one that got might have gotten locked out. Yeah, out of that one, um, crazy. By the way, it's crazy. Hobie Bos. I was surprised at how fast the Little Ben got sold out. Then the next day they opened up um, Santi Cooper. I think it is. What's the second?
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Sold out in like forty-eight hours.
2: Don't they now have, like, like, three of them sold out now? Yes,
1: and then <laughs> the other one, they just opened the other one like you follow. That's not even, what, April 24th, and it's already sold out.
2: Yeah, I think it's now people are freaking out. It is
1: crazy, but, I mean, it's got to be, you know, hey, I don't not mean to pick on anybody, but when you put a tournament angler, at an accomplished tournament angler, you put him as a director to run a tournament, this is the results that you get. Yeah, can't say that enough, not throwing shit on anybody. But anyways, Chris, tell us a little bit about your podcast, man, and how you got into fishing, kayak fishing.
2: Well, um, I'll start with the kayak fishing. Uh, it was a way to get off the bank for me. You know, I spent yeah. from 20 – well, I've been fishing pretty much my whole life. But at 20, I kind of decided this is what I want to do as a career, and I started chasing that down. But it, a lot of it was bank fishing. From morning to dark, and then I needed a way to get off the water. You know, there's only so much bank fishing you could do, and so much you could learn bank fishing. So it was for me, it was a way to get off the water, and uh, <clears throat> so I ended up buying an ascend, which kind of was a mistake. Same here. <laughs> Same here. No shame in that. Yeah. Um. I- was a couple years ago and immediately when i bought it before i could even figure out kayak fishing i got into my first tournament blanked on the tournament because you know Same i'm like here. You know, <laughs> but because you know you get into that point of when you're fishing out of the kayak you go probably to your favorite lake that you always know where the fish are yeah and you think you're a hot shot and then you go into a tournament not knowing how much people actually work at this and uh ended up blanking on that tournament i wasn't as good as i thought it was <laughs> but i feel like a lot of people do that man that's yeah, pre- preaching to the choir buddy same <laughs> yeah. thing i
1: started with an Ascent 12 te- 12t i didn't get i didn't get my first pass until my fourth tournament and it jumped off the wall- board and i lost it so officially i didn't get a bass into my going into my fifth tournament um yeah and again i started with an Ascent twelve t It took a year before i decided i'm gonna get rid of this
2: yeah i mean it, it didn't take me that long to get rid of that one it's funny brian <laughs> brian schiller our
1: great ceo and leader or um he got one and he i think he tried it once and he sold it i'm like yeah dude you're like what six five or something like that yeah that something.
2: i tried standing up in that thing and it was like i never felt comfortable in it you know
1: i, I wasn't for me standing on the 12 t and i'm just for reference i'm 5 foot 11 200 pounds and i could stand up well it, it, the seat was too low once i raised the seat like everybody that owns a 12 t a central t will tell you they modified it once i modified mm-hmm. it to stand up i wasn't it was pretty stable <laughs> I was surprised how stable it is. It was.
2: Yeah, I think it was for me. It's because it was my very first kayak, and I was really new into kayak fishing. No. That led to the ins- not being stable, and I just felt like I just had to learn learn everything about it before. Uh, I, I mean, if it. I if I go back to it now, it's probably not as bad as I thought it was. When I first bought
1: it. it, let me tell you something. It's a great way to do exercise for your shoulders and your yeah. back because that that thing is a limo, man. Trying to row on that, it's like paddle on that. It's like, geez, it's a great workout. Yeah. I will tell you that much. And what about your um, podcast? Uh, tell us about it. How do you got? How do you came up with that idea? To like the mindset the, and all
2: that. The mindset thing has always been with me, and the the um, the idea of the podcast was kind of. I want to say I've been wanting to do it for two years, and then this past year I felt like I gained enough traction on social media and everything in order to bring it to the table, to the light. To get it on Paddle and Finn was kind of a, a surprise to me. I was just asking Brian how I could start a podcast, and he's like, well, we have an opening for you if you want it. And I was like, yeah, sure, I, You know, I'll take it for sure. Like so, it was always something I liked, and it's something I always driven to because coming up, I didn't really have a lot of money to buy all these fancy baits and everything to try out. Mm -hmm. So, I kept to the mindset of if I, you know, if I do the work, if I learn the fish, then I don't need all this fancy stuff pretty much. We still buy it though. Oh, yeah. (laughs) for sure but i'm saying like back then you know 20 year old yeah. with you know little money not you know now of course yeah now of course i buy it but back then i was more focused on how to fish versus you know what's the best lure to use
1: yeah it's funny because we <coughs> you, you start getting down that rabbit hole come tournament time it's going to be a jackhammer or a Senko. I mean, You're yeah. probably not going to throw anything other than that. Yeah, uh, and, you know. And then, I, like, well, all these crankbait's for what?
2: <laughs> uh, out here, it's um like a lot of the lakes I fish. It's like, for me, it's a drop shot or a eco rig or a frog if I could find grass. Like, what lakes do you fish out of, like, uh,
1: <clears throat> out of Chicago? Low low. Or-
2: Well, Chicago, I fish a a lake called uh, Bussy Woods, which is like a little lake. Doesn't allow uh, motors on it; only electric motors. So, So, and it's like really grassy area. So I do a lot of frog in there. A lot of I learn a lot of my grass techniques from there. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the tournament wise, we do a lot of the Great Lakes areas. Like I know this year we're doing Lake Geneva and. uh, one that I'm kind of iffy on is a Sturgeon Bay, because that's connected to Lake Michigan, and in a kayak, four-foot waves is not a yeah, not no. ideal.
1: So, have you ever kayak fish
2: in like Lake Michigan, one of those great lakes? No, I know JP has another host of ours. Yeah, but I haven't even tried it out yet. Not, I wouldn't try it in the <laughs> <assembly>. <laughs> Well, I'll be, ha- I'll be at the beginning of this year before my year actually kicks off. I'll be in a new canoe pursuit. Nice. So what are you fishing right now? Are you, are you still
1: in the I really came out T-? of
2: – no, I got rid of the Ascent 12T a while ago. I, this past year I was in a bona fide RS-117, and uh, I did the whole season with that, and I kind of like, all right, I'm taking this seriously. Everything's moving forward. I need some tournament ready.
1: What's what's your setup right now for tournaments?
2: Uh, I I haven't got the boat yet, but it will be that pursuit, and then with an NK 180s motor on it. Nice. Uh, <clears throat> how's
1: over there in in where you live? You, is there any tournaments out there? Like over here, there's a mix. You know, we have the ones that allow. Other than the Nationals, like the local clubs, most local clubs allow motors. Yeah. And I know some of the areas where they're more traditional, like Alabama, Tennessee, there's, there's some local tournaments there are just like non-motorized and other How is it over there where you live? Is it all, Are they all allowed motors, or is there a mix?
2: They all allow motors, but not everybody runs one. A lot of them uh, either have a motor or a pedal drive. Those people competing last year on the Paddle and fin Series, that's, that's the one I did last year. Um, half of them didn't have a motor or a pedal drive. And they were still catching fish.
1: Yeah, no, definitely you don't need a motor. Um, for last year on the Lake Fork, I think the top three didn't have a motor. I know the the um, the guy that came up first, I forgot his name. Uh, Nate Gloria. Nate Gloria didn't have. Uh, he was fishing the same Kind of like the same area I was fishing. He had an outback no mortar on it uh if i remember correctly so i think it's kind of like overrated i don't think anybody in lake for well you never know um i guess if if they were out fishing like rolando Nanding, i know he does that live scope thing and uh, he's pretty good at it um i fished some tournaments where he's won and he might be doing some offshore fishing especially with the cold weather uh but yeah man it's it's interesting now do you is there a season for your tournaments do they generally stop at a certain month i'm assuming for kayak fishing uh
2: for us it seems like the first tournament is the end of april and then it goes into september and there's normally like one tournament every single month
1: oh cool what but, uh what last year you were
2: fishing paddle and fin this year what tournaments are you fishing I'll be probably fishing uh, for local Great Lakes kayak fishing. Then I want to try to get in some All American tournaments. Oh, the
1: All American series. Yeah, yeah,
2: but that's that's depend on uh, time off and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I like the All American series. It's uh, I think they have a tournament here in Palestine, um, uh, in conjunction with Northeast Texas kayak fishing. Um, which is run by Duke Tran and uh, the guys at Mariner Sales. Um, I think I'm still thinking whether I want to do the, um, the, you know, kind of like two ducks with one stone or two birds with stones, I should say, fishing both. Now, for me, fishing the All American, I won't be able to fish it like, you know, to compete for. The Angler of the Year. I I really looked at it hard to see if I can compete for the Angle of the Year in All American series. Oh, I heard a lot of great series. I, got, I heard a lot of great feedback about it, but it's mostly all up in Arkansas Missouri area. It's too far away for me to fish. It's, more than
2: one. It's supposed to be more more of a northern series yeah. because you know Bass and Hobie kind of spread out all over the place and Bass really isn't coming too close to my neck of the woods this year. The original plan was a fish bass, but then i seen like most of these places are 10 to 15 hours away from me. Yeah, same thing for me. <laughs> the only one, uh, they had the one at Lake Fork, but then again, the
1: schedule, <clears throat> putting it right before the uh, the um, Hobie BOS, like that's that's $250 in a week. I mean, $250 per turn, that's $500 in a week. That's mm-hmm. a little bit too rich for my bluff, plus my local tournaments, which I'm fishing for an Angler of the Year. I'm like, yeah, that's that's easily $600 that I'm going to be spending in just two weekends. That's not, you know, um, that's not fun.
2: Yeah, um, for, I mean, for me, I want to try to qualify for that uh, Bass Championship through the yeah. local club.
1: Do you have a Bass Nation kayak? <laughs> uh, in, well, you know, so the,
2: the club I'm going through is uh, technically a Wisconsin club, but they kind of like the Northern Anglers kind of tend to go that way just the fishing's a lot better (laughs) so that i have to um pay them and pay a couple extra fees to fish their bass nation but that's definitely what i'm looking forward to have you fished any national trails no not i was trying last year and then i ended up losing my job about august 1st so that kind of Killed the the bass series that was going on in September uh, oh, up man. in Wisconsin you back you back uh, at the workforce though? you good? No, I've been um learning some learning things with uh Joshua David, my last guest. He's been teaching me how to do the stock market stuff and everything nice. so I've been doing uh, some of that stuff and then some uh like doordash and stuff to make extra cash for now.
1: Nice, yeah, it's,
2: it's working out, man. You know? Yeah, no, it's good. I did last year. I did a lot of
1: Uber Eats when um when they started giving leave of absence from work because of the pandemic. So I was like, yeah, it's not bad, man. It's good. You know, if you time it right and you can work around a good <laughs> schedule, you can get some money out of doing uh, food dairies like DoorDash and Uber Eats and all that stuff.
2: Yeah, it's. I I mean, I really like it. I just don't really like having to use my car, and then plus. Driving yeah. to all these tournaments, yeah. No, like, all
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is, those are all like write-offs. Like I've true, I've noticed that um, uh, filling out my um, tax return last year uh, when I did a lot of Uber Eats. Not last year, but the year before last year. So the taxes for last, filling out the taxes last yeah. year for what I did in Uber Eats two years ago, I should say. oh uh, man, you can. It's like you really don't have to pay almost nothing in taxes because everything between the mileage, the gas, the depreciation on your car, it's like, yeah, man, everything's right off. Like you don't have to really pay a lot of taxes in it. So that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I know. I know there's ways too for the fishing side, once you start actually cashing checks, like Russ and all them do on a natural, on a normal basis, there's ways to write things off too from there. Also,
1: but lofty goals though. Yeah. (laughs) What um now since you and I know you follow a lot of the national trails and all that, who's your favorite angler right now? Like who do you think is right now at the top of the game? I,
2: I don't really have a favorite angler yet, to be honest. I I kind of like seeing the weights that they're putting up and like I like seeing that bass and Hobie and all of them are going to lakes that you've always heard of. Yeah, you know, and now I have a chance to fish them kind of. Yeah, like this year I'm going to lakes that I've always been told are the best smallmouth lakes in the world, and now I get to go fishing this year. Which one is that? And, uh, it, well, Sturgeon Bay. It's going to be dangerous, but there's seven-pound smallmouth in there. Yeah. So, so I mean, if you can get into a little area and there's fish there, it's going to be great. It's like all the stuff you've seen and on, you know, the Bass Elite and the MLF. Now you get to go out and fish them, which I think that's probably the coolest part.
1: Okay, so let me <laughs> let me simplify the questions about who's your favorite angler. Who do you got on the fantasy team? And for those that don't know, here in Paddle and Fin, we do have a fantasy team uh, or a fantasy league, I should say, um, that you can enter. Um, so go check out our Facebook um, page, uh, follow Awesome Paddle and Fin, and you can get more details if you want to fade the Play the kayak fishing fantasy game, but you in the fantasy game, right? Um,
2: which one? I you I didn't sign up in time for Fork. I will be signed up in time for Toledo Ben, and I mean Guillermo's a hard one. Yeah. To uh, pass up, Nick Christine's always up there too. Yeah. Like, um, and then I mean the person I would follow before he was even on paddle and fin was Drew Gregory just because his style matches with mine a lot. The minimalist of it, and I mean, besides he doesn't really use motor. I do, but just the simplistics of four rods going out there and just fishing.
1: Yeah, quick. Drew is kind of like the anti. And I say this, I say this with uh, kind of like respect and um, what's the word I'm looking for, <laughs> like a compliment, right? Um, he is like the anti kayak angler. We always carry, like, I carry nine rods, you know, we have this, we try to get this fancy kayaks, like, I, you know, not uh, gloating or anything, but I have the PA 360, which is a lot of money, Um, and I don't have a motor in it, I don't have the fancy equipment, but I know a lot of guys, on top of having a PA 360 or a um, old town sportsman, you know, they have the the live-scopes or the Hummingbird 360 and the Torquitos and the Spotlocks and all that. And here's Drew Gregory bringing pretty much everybody with just a Crescent kayak, which is a great kayak, but it's yeah. bare to the bones as far as just like four rods going to, you know, deep into a creek with really no, like, I don't, I can't speak totally on how he does his electronic. But really not depending much of ele- on electronics he at says
2: all. He, he says he doesn't. He says if it's his choice, he doesn't bring it. Yeah. I, I know He. I listened to when he was on talking about the Crescent kayaks. And uh, he said if it's his choice, he'd rather not have electronics on, and, his, on his boat. And traditionally, he doesn't pre-fish yeah.
0: at all.
1: Like, not at all. He doesn't pre-fish he as do- much as these guys that are pre-fishing for five years.
2: <laughs> yeah, he'll he said his tradition is hit a few spots to stay a couple minutes here stay a couple minutes there and just kind of figure it out but that's kind of like me like I'll I'd much rather sit on Google Earth and pick out a few spots here and there and then go check those out versus uh running around the whole lake when I get there
1: yeah um, and I, and I think that's key you touched on a good point like me I'm preparing for Toledo Bend Unfortunately because of scheduling I can't pre fish more than one day. So I'm gonna pre fish one day. I'm relying heavily, heavily on Google Earth. And that's a great tool for anybody that's thinking, well, you know, I don't get the chance to pre fish. Yeah, and I and I'm and I one thing I will say about Bass Nation that they got right and I'm hoping Hobie at some points adopt this, is you know, limit the pre fishing time. Because a lot of times when you guys, and my point on this is when you got people that can pre fish like for five days, and we all know their names, not to take anything away from their greatness. When they're able to pre fish, um, and I say this, and I just remember Geo didn't even pre fish for, uh, <laughs> for the KBF drill and still won. But, anyways when you get people that can pre for five days, it's only a small group that can travel around and do that. The problem could be in the future. And I'm just anticipating, this is just my opinion. Everybody can have a different opinion. I respect <clears> everybody's <throat> opinion. But when you get into that small elite group that where they're the ones who's catching in the big checks day in and day out, then what will that do for the growth of the tournament? When everybody's like, well, I don't really have a shot at winning money if i can only pre fish one day that's one point of it so i'm always i i i'm one of those that advocate for small uh shorter pre-fishing windows like uh bass nation is doing having said that if you can't pre fish, i rely heavily on on uh google earth uh to do a lot of study and if you know what you're looking for and if you train your eye that takes time that There's one thing about training for time on the water, but it also to train your eye on how to use technology like Google Earth. You know, that that's another level of training. That's another level of uh, of knowledge. Because the first time I started using Google Earth, you're just looking at it like, what am I looking for? But the more time you get on the water, the more and you combine that with what you can see on Google Earth, their point there comes a point in time where things start to click and you as soon as you open Google Earth and you look at a lake, you know exactly what you're looking for. And you. it's depending on the season, right? Depending if it's pre-spawn. Yeah, totally. spot, yeah. So that's one thing that I encourage everybody. You have to train your eye. And, and again, it takes time. It doesn't come overnight. And I, no, I'm not saying I've mastered that. But I found success in tournaments where I haven't even pre-fished at all. But I spend hours of my free time and not just saying like uh, two hours in one day, but I spent like 15 minutes here, 20 minutes here from either work, uh, my break from work or my lunch break or or after I got home from work, just you know, before I go to sleep, I just look at it. When you start and you know what you're looking for, there's a lot of information that's gonna really help you when you're going to the next tournament if you haven't been able to pre-fish. So don't get discouraged. For anybody that's out there listening, I know you know this, yeah, news, yeah. but yeah. for those listeners, don't get discouraged if you can't pre-fish it or if you only have one day. Just take your time, learn, go to YouTube, learn what to look for. There's a lot of uh, YouTube channels like, um, I forgot his name. Um, what is this guy's name? The one, Fish, not Fish the Moment? Yeah, Fish in the Moment, right? Um, it, it might
2: be. I know I found a guy who does... Um... He's not, like, a big name, but he's big into doing electronic videos yeah. and Google Earth videos. Yeah. He did a whole, like, and I just searched how to um, how to look for stuff on Google Earth and how yeah. to switch it to, I had a Garmin yeah. unit at the time, how to switch it to your Garmin unit. And he did, like, a one-hour thing just sitting at his computer, showing people exactly what he was looking for, exactly how he found things on Google Earth. Oh, and, th- simplistic fishing is from texas uh i would have to look it up if you because it was over go. a year ago go ahead and I finish your thought this i'll talk about that after yeah. you're done one thing i will say is because a lot of people are gonna see this and then download it on their phone you have to have the desktop one to get the full yeah. full uh Google Earth experience and be able to look at different times and when the water is lower, you're able to find stumps and things like that versus the app. One thing to help anybody that's out there learning
1: how to use Google Earth (coughs) and what to look for to kind of train your eyes, follow on YouTube Simplistic Fishing. There, He's a guy, I think he was from Missouri and he moved to Texas. And he does lake breakdowns. And he tells you exactly what he looks for on Google Earth and how to use Google Earth to look. That is, that, that I think has helped my game a lot more than watching any other than um, floatmaster Other than any other um, fishing actually video on it. Because he really breaks down what he looks for and stuff that I would have never thought of. And would have taken me years of fishing to kind of like put it together and that's the great thing about the the generation that we live now you know you you can you can youtube anything and learn from it um and then apply that to what you already know and kind of you know do trial by error you know you learn this on youtube you put in practice underwater and you see if it works for you yeah versus just put it in you know like our parents or grandparents when they're fishing you know they were like well how do i find fish you know you, you only the only thing is like word of mouth or just actually going on the water and trying it for yourself. So that's another uh, tool go follow simplistic fishing on YouTube and I, I'm not I'm speaking to my audience here on this one it is a great tool to use Google Earth. it helps me it's helped me a lot like I can I can tell you tournaments where I have won money and it was because I, I went into one of his lake breakdowns saw what he saw put it in practice. And it worked out. So that's that's another level of it that you can take advantage of that technology.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, the tools are, are there for people. And, I mean, YouTube is the greatest tool probably for any fisherman nowadays. Yeah. And um, But I also use, like, bass It's Basically, it's just keep learning. Like, even when you can't be on the water, try to be always learning. You know, I'm trying to learn every single day you know, about either about the fish or about the lake I'm going to. I mean, there's so much that we don't know still.
1: And fishing reports, help too. Like, I, a- I don't know. I do fishing reports every week. Like, I'll do like right now until a little bit every week. I'm searching what's the new fishing report? What's the new fishing report? And kind of get compare what was last week to this week and next week, you know, you know, and that's gonna help you kind of like start sending a picture, okay, last week they were on this depth, according to the fishing report, and they were chomping on this this week, they're chomping on that, and they're at this type of depth um and that's gonna help you kind of like get a sense of where where it's, where it might be going,
2: yeah. I agree with that. I also did like two weeks before the tournament, I would look at the weather and write the weather down for wherever I was going to, because you're not always going to be where you're fishing. I know you can be an hour away from your next tournament and the weather is completely different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Especially in Texas, everything changes. Like, we all say we have. If you don't like the weather, come back in two hours. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And I'm yeah. sure being from the Windy City and the Great Lakes areas, that's the same thing over there.
2: Oh, you could get all four seasons in less than an hour out here. <laughs> yeah. right? Same here. Yeah. Man. <laughs>
1: same here. What, um, have you ever fished outside of, like, Illinois?
2: I'm assuming Wisconsin as well? Well, this past time I did Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, but, I mean, most of my experience is Illinois and uh, Wisconsin. You know, I was, I'm was i really looking to branch out to other states, but obviously it costs money. I know I'll be in Tennessee for sure. Oh, for For, uh, uh, for the patent. of that.
1: How much that is a drive for you?
2: <coughs> uh, I'll be driving probably with Brian or at least... But, I mean, it's not that bad. It's like probably like eight hours.
1: Oh, it's not that bad. No. It's, it's 12 hours for me. I'm still thinking if I'm going to be able to make it or not.
2: Um, definitely. I know I missed last year, and last year I was still getting everything ready by the time I was going on. Still getting the motor and all that stuff set up. But this year I'm looking to be you know, pretty set up and ready to go. So
1: that's another thing for those our panel <laughs> and Fin fans out there. We're going to be in, uh, what is it, Lake? um, It's uh, uh, Dale, uh, Dale Hollow Lake. Dale Hollow,
2: Dale Hollow Lake uh, it? I think it's Marina.
1: Be- Port Marina, and it's going to be... God, Brian's going to grill me for this. I forgot it's the dates already. The second
2: and third, I believe, is the yeah. tournament days.
1: Yeah, of uh, April. Yep. Yeah, so, second. A, so the weekend, the, the last weekend of March 1st, weekend of April, Brian, don't get on my case. I'm sorry, I yeah. forgot. He's already bullying me on 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 a Facebook Messenger about this. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, and, it's going to be a good event. And I, I was yeah. talking to Brian about uh, actually participating in the tournament. I know Shane was trying to come, too. So it'll be a good time to see everybody, too, on top of getting to fish an amazing body of water.
1: Yeah. Well, Shane's going to, you know, Shane, is, Shane has drive all the way from Cali unless he flies over there and we get
2: him a kayak. Yeah. I know he was talking about fishing the tournament, so we'll see uh, – We'll see if he if oh, yeah, he's able to.
1: What's the tournament that's on that weekend? Um, it's,
2: it's gonna it's gonna be the paddle and fin open for oh for the paddle fin open yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: Nice. Hopefully, we will get to see everybody. Jimmy Skinner, Dustin. I know made it last year. Um, who else was last year? Almost everybody except Brad Hicks and me.
2: Yeah, Brad. I mean, I, I wasn't even a part of paddle and Finn at the time. But Brad, uh, I, I knew I wanted to go to that event, and I couldn't.
1: Brad Hicks is going to troll us by <coughs> making us think he's going to show up, and then he's not going to show up and break everybody's heart like he always uh. does. Shout out to Brad Hicks. Go follow Brad Hicks and Joshua Eldridge um, every other – what is it? Every other t- Wednesday? No, every Wednesday. No, ever, every, every we- Wednesday. Every yeah. Wednesday on the um, – Final cast will do product review, so go follow yeah. their show. That's a pretty good show. They got a good show coming up this week too. I'm excited about that. I just saw what it was, so yeah. that's gonna be fun. Yeah other than that, what's show. what's been one of your favorite guests on your one on your podcast? Or your favorite favorite episode you've recorded on the <clears> mindset? <throat> um
2: Man, I haven't even thought about that. Uh, I would say probably Joshua David has been my favorite guest, just because it seems like we really connect when we talk. You know, he has that whole mindset. His whole company, Champions Fishing, is based off a of mindset, and you know, being positive and everything else like that. So I just feel like we connect really good when we get on the podcast. But I mean, there's been a ton of great guests, and I've learned a ton too. From people, I think that's one of the greatest things about this and talking to new people is you learn also.
1: Yeah, that's the whole reason why I got into (laughs) podcasts, just so I can learn and talk to these guys. I like the one you did with Mark Penegraph. Mark Penegraph, I've had on my podcast, great, great guests as always, man. I love talking to Mark Penegraph. A great source of knowledge, cool guy.
2: Yeah, he's down to earth. He's not the, the the, you know the, well professional. Like uh, air quotes, you know, type yeah. of guy who's They're trying to be uh correct all the time and not swearing. I know he, he dropped a couple swear words on my show. I didn't mind it though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. I know yeah. the term and the term that Brad Boss hates PKA yeah. Yeah. professional kayak anglers. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's uh yeah, he's he's I think he's he's getting into um um uh, basketball tournaments. Now I've, 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 when I had him on the podcast, he said that, that if, that win at the uh, Bass Nation kayak series kind of opened the doors for him for other things, that's, that's one of the underrated parts about winning this big name tournament, especially yeah. the national championship. Like it really, like for those that want to make a living out of it, or at least get some money in return. Cause kayak fishing, it's very expensive. Even though we don't spend as much as a boat. But still expensive. I mean,
2: some of these guys do though that, yeah. that travel. I but mean, a lo-
1: but a lot of them have sponsorship, and that's what I was going with. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you win a tournament like that, and if you have a social media to go along with it, then you really can make um, some serious money out of it where it's not gonna hurt your pocket, and it's not gonna have your wife mad at you for what you spend if you can bring a check back.
2: <laughs> oh, I know, I know all about that conversation, <laughs> yeah. I know this year alone, I did the math, and I'm estimated to spend about just in the, just on the local stuff that's only like five hours away, a thousand dollars, which just yeah. to drive to a local tournament can be, you know that that's without kayak, that's without gear, that's without um, that's without buying into the tournament, you know? gas money, yeah.
1: reels, lines, jackhammers.
2: See, I, I don't mess with the jackhammer. What? I don't. Really? I don't Why not? With... <laughs> it's too expensive, man. I lose but, them way too quick. Like...
1: Yeah, that's the thing. You gotta get. That's the thing. You gotta get one or, you like they work so good that you have to get like two of them each. Because now if you lose one on a tournament, they're like, well, what am I throwing now? Yeah. That's always like. It's not that it costs fifteen dollars. <laughs> it costs thirty when you think you gotta get two of them.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's i mean but you can't complain though because i know it's a great bait and yeah. i mean mega bass came out with their that jerk bait a couple years ago it was 25 it still is 25 dollars. that was yeah, the is. hottest craze and hottest thing and everybody i know everybody around here had to have If it's not mega bass you can't catch a fish with it and then i went and painted my own Jerk bait up a couple years ago and caught just as many fish. No, I think
1: you see, this is the, the difference because a lot of people don't talk about that. Like when they talk about, oh, um, you know, how much a jackhammer costs. Well, first of all, it's a chatterbait, which is traditionally like not just jackhammers, but chatterbaits have won more money on tournaments, bass and uh, bass boats and kayak, probably more than any bait out there.
2: Yeah, I agree um, with that. How many
1: tournaments have been won with a
2: jerkbait? I mean out here a lot of them On uh, the,
1: <laughs> Really? On a jerkbait? Well, I guess it's because this, of cold weather,
2: but Well, it's also it's really clear water out here. Yeah. And there's not much depending on the water you fish, obviously, but there's not much like structure other than rocks and stuff and they're they're more likely to be suspended. So You'll see people throwing a drop a drop shot or like a jerk bait, like a really small jerk bait to get the smallmouth.
1: Yeah, and that's compares, that is very different from like East Texas where it's all grass lakes, where really a jerk bait, I mean, you can throw it, um, and I'm sure you can find success on like docks and everything, but yeah. you're really gonna find the big bass on, you know, on wheat lines and on vegetation depending on the season, right? <clears throat> But then that's the other thing. You spend $25 on a Megabass and you don't think nothing of it. But you, but then people's like, oh, jackhammers are too expensive. Yeah, but it's a chatterbait. <laughs> it's, you yeah. know, it's going to work a lot better, at least in Texas, than a, than, than a jerkbait. Um, well, I started, the jerkbait is gonna use.
2: I started using the, the Elite. Uh, I think it's called the Elite Z. One that Z-Man makes, the one like right below the jackhammer. Yeah. And that kind of took away from my spinner which I mean I, I substitute that instead of the spinner bait yeah. for pretty much all. Like if I'm around weather or anything, I'm throwing that.
1: Yeah, I think that's the biggest. Um, like that's the worst thing that's ever happened to a spinner bait is the invention of a chatter bait. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. The thing with the spinner bait, right, right? It was like the way it was used because it has that wire going over the hook. Then it was easy to use on grass. It was easy to use on, you know, through rock beds. You wouldn't get hang up as much. So it had that that cornered, you know, it had that thing where no other bait had, where it looked like a bait fish, but it wouldn't be as prone to getting hang up so you can use, and then now comes the chatterbait or the bladed jig, whatever, or, you know, what it Depend, might be, what depending your, on whatever
2: brand you use. Yeah, like. depending yeah. on what brand. And
1: it's kind of like the anti-spinnerbait. Um, now, because it has more action, it's still because of the, there's still a blade that kind of, like, helps you go through vegetation and you won't get snagged as much and all that. So I think that's, like, after, since the popularity of chatterbait, I've noticed the popularity popularity of spinnerbaits has gone down. Like it's
2: Well that and, and it also took away from lipless crankbaits. You don't True. hear a lot about those either because it could do the same thing where you could rip that thing out of the grass and then let yep. it fall.
1: Without getting and hang up as much.
2: Yeah. 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 Cause I mean I didn't use a lipless till this middle of summer this year and that was just messing around like (laughs) yeah i usually don't throw lipless unless i'm
1: on a um winter in um rocky bed area where i know it's not gonna get it's gonna be prone to hang up as much yeah plus what for whatever reason here in texas you throw a lipless crankbait and you hook into one Five, time out of ten, five times out of ten it's gonna be the hybrid or a sand bass and you're thinking you caught a bass and then you find out it's not at least here in texas that's my experience every time i throw yeah. a lip like, scram break i'm like i got something but i don't know if it's gonna be yeah, a, the I only thing
2: i caught was a walleye with it yeah
1: i was like <laughs> i don't know if it's gonna be a sand bass or a bass but, yeah. but that's cool man what are you looking forward to the most for you um next for your podcast what's well, first of all, let's talk about your podcast. What are you looking forward to? What's in store for the mindset moving forward?
2: Um, pretty much the same that it's been. I'm probably excited to hit that one-year mark, especially being one year in Paddle and Finn. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to the most on it and just the continuation of more guests and kind of really expand. I want to try to expand also into the boat world with it. Not just always kayaks, even though that's where my passion is. You know, there's something to, to give something for everybody, because a guy who owns a kayak may also own a boat. You know, and um, so I'm looking forward to really expanding the guests and expanding the list of people that I have on. That's awesome.
1: Um, and who's your who do you who is the guest that you look most look forward to bringing on to your podcast is there anybody out there like man i really want to have like for me when i started the podcast like i really wanted to have fluke master because i you know i started watching fluke master video before i even got into bass fishing so who do you as you're like oh i gotta have this guest um
2: it's probably a pipe dream but mike iconelli oh yeah <laughs>
1: he'll do it he'll do it
2: he'll do it but he's a hard guy to get a hold of man oh yeah he i Busy really guy. Yeah, I really want to talk to him about his kayak win and kind of how he built – he completely built his brand around his name. Like, I have a hard name to pronounce, and he did too at first when he first got into the fishing game, and now it's the most recognizable name out there. You know, he completely built an empire off of what was a dream. Yeah, I
1: think the – Mike Ike, you know, the ability to like shorten his name to Mike Ike, like Chris Lick. I could be one. There you go. I got Dibs on if you ever make money out of that. (laughs) There you go. You heard it here first. Chris Lick. I need royalties on that. (laughs) Nice. What about you in your like as a PKA? Should I say no? But you, (laughs) as far as tournaments goes, what is your short term (laughs) and long term goals?
2: Um. Well, short-term goal for this year, I haven't announced it on Instagram. I normally put out uh, my 2020, like did 2021 goals last year, but pretty much the same. I want to win, you know, my first tournament. I want to get a tournament win and then an uh, angle of the year. You know, I need to be in the top five in order to qualify for the Bass Nation stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, long-term is, you know, become a professional at this. You know, that, that requires a lot of work and a lot of social media and all that stuff. But, you know, I just keep grinding with it. Yeah, it's
1: no longer <laughs> just about catching fish. It's also having a... Oh, it's, it's, it's it, like a whole it, business, man. Yeah, having <laughs> it,
2: that social media reach. Yeah, it's you kind of got you to have a business mindset to this when you want to do it at the highest level.
1: It's it's all about creating a brand now. It's yep. it's what it is, which is fine. Some people hate on it. It's all oh, sellout. No, it's not. I don't I yeah. I hate it when people call that a sellout. <laughs> you know, to me it's a sellout if you're trying to represent. if you if you're representing a product or a company you don't believe on, then that yeah. to me that's why I would draw the line. But other than that, I mean it's a way to make money. If you're bringing an organic product, an organic uh, brand name, then there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know why. Anybody would hate on it or call it a sellout, you know. To me, that's the definition for the sellout in the sense that you're promoting something you yourself don't believe in. And that's interesting because you can, you
0: can. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop, 24-7, with super-fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. At MidwayUSA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop midwayusa.com.
1: Here's my point of view on this. You can be representing Sepco. Which is traditionally like everybody thinks like that's the worst brand. Not the worst brand, but that's like the well, they're, cheap brand. They're
2: Quantum now.
1: Yeah, Quantum. <laughs> so you can say, oh, Quantum or Sepco. You can say yeah. like, oh, that's the cheapest brand. But guess what? If you really believe in it, if you first all your life with a Sepco and a Quantum and you really believe in it and you get an opportunity to be on the pro staff and make money out of it, just because you're representing them, doesn't make you a sellout. Now. Yeah. That doesn't make yourself because you you truly in your heart believe in it, right? Now take that and flip the coin, and let's say you don't believe in semen products. Let's say which is the one of the most popular brands and probably the brand that everybody wants to be a part of. Let's say you don't believe in their soft plastics. Let's say you don't believe in their jackhammers, and all of a sudden you have reached a popularity, and semen. Gives you that opportunity to represent them. To me, it's funny because you could you you call somebody out for representing quantum even though they believe in it. But what if you're representing a big name company like Z-Man, but you don't believe in their product? That's to me to Yeah.
2: So it has I nothing to do.
1: That. It has nothing to do with which brands you represent. It's what you believe in. Like if you represent a problem, could be makeup ass. I don't. I wouldn't accuse anybody of mega of uh, partnering with Mega Bass to be a sellout because that's one of the best brands out there. Their jerk baits, their crank baits, uh, a lot of their stuff is Six man, uh Six Sense is another one. Z-Man. But if you don't believe in their products, but you're still willing to partner with them, that to me is more of a sellout.
2: I um, agree with that. That's and that's completely. just my personal opinion. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. Like. I know the Bass Fishing for Noobs did a podcast a couple of weeks ago about sponsorships and everything and where they said you should only go after sponsorships that you believe in. Exactly. And that's like, I agree with that 100%. Um, I'm not with anybody that I wasn't using their products beforehand, you know, um, like, and, you know, like I'm now um, promoting products that I'm not even technically signed to them. But want to be so. There's no point in not promoting something that I actually believe in. Yeah, you know, that's
1: the point. And by the way, just to clarify <coughs> for all of listening, I'm not calling anybody that's sponsored by Seaman or, Bass, or uh, Megabass or Mega Bass that they're a seller. <coughs> I'm just saying, if you're whatever company you are, if you don't like it, if you don't believe in the product, but you still want to partner with them, then that's what I would definition. So I'm not calling anybody specific. Yeah. So don't. Don't take that to don't don't take that and run with it, guys or girls that are listening. But yeah, man, that's that's a that that's that's a rabbit hole we can go into, um, and definitely a lot of information. And I say this: you don't have to have, you don't have to be partnered with a company to teach other people, right? If there is a specific product um, or a specific technique that you like, um, and you want to use it. I mean, you can still promote it. You can still say, "Hey, I've used this product. I'm not sponsored by them, but if I can give you some knowledge," and there's always like there's different, you know, social media content. Some of them is entertainment. Like my guy Canelli is more centered about entertainment. Not that he doesn't teach, but I'm just saying he's yeah, so he, you know, my, I I well, I mean, more, he
2: he's on a totally different level from yeah, but he's more like, like, <laughs> inter,
1: he's more in the entertainment business yeah. where. Let's say, Flugmaster is more of a teacher, like a not sharing knowledge. Yeah. You know, they both have social media, but for different reasons. So if you yeah. if you're starting your own social media and you want to help other people, you can still talk about products that um, you don't believe in them. I mean, not believe in them that you're not sponsored with them, but you do believe in them. That's what I meant to say. But yeah. anyways, Chris, I've had you for almost an hour, and <coughs> usually with my first with the first time guest, I like to do like rapid. Questions are pretty much if you listen to my podcast, you probably know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, but you I ready? Know. Yeah, all right. First of all, either one 10 pounder in eight hours of fishing or 10 two pounders.
2: Thought about this, day. I've thought about this. Everybody has thought um. about this. There's no wrong answer, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, I would say 110 10 pounder.
1: I agree. All right, uh, yeah all right i'm
2: gonna steal one from
1: um bass and Brews that they asked me on that question it was a tough question wacky rig or texas rig we're talking about senkos which one would you do oh, if you have to rig. pick one wacky wacky
2: rig. wacky rig but not big on senkos unfortunately oh, really
1: <laughs> yeah right. that's a first if you can only fish one bait for the rest of your life just one bait which one would it be Drop shot drop shot well because you know up there I I, I, oh, see, I, it. I see it I've I can see done it, it in
2: thick grass too this is called power shot and' oh, yeah. a four out hook and, and a bigger weight I did it in I've, Wisconsin to catch all my fish on that tournament I've actually
1: done that once and um I caught some pretty nice bass and then um so I've actually done power drop shot power shot. Uh, I think I learned that from actually a podcast. I think it was Chris Santoro. I think it was Chris that taught taught me that one. I can't remember. It's one of my first podcasts that I did that we talked about that. Um, favorite setup, rod, reel, and line.
2: Um. Well, I probably have two. I have one for spinning and one for casting. You want me to go through them both? Yeah. Yeah, so casting would be a seven-foot medium-action rod with a 6'6 six, six reel. Um, I use 13th fishing uh, concept reel. And then uh, I can't remember the name of the spinning rod, but a light-action medium to light-action spinning rod for the drop shot. Seven-foot still. Nice. I, I, like I, I always like staying around that seven-foot range, 6'9".
1: Yeah, I'm probably the same way. Although I I tend to lean more to the <coughs> seven four seven six kind of like it's just I like to bomb out. I've, that's one thing that I have matured. <coughs> First, I just like the uh, guy and me just wanted to bomb out those baits out there, and then I learned sometimes less is better. So yeah, I'm
2: a target caster. Yeah, I got I got to aim at something.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, which is good. I mean, crankbaits baits and all that. You yeah. need, you need long casts and all that, but. I'm being a bank fisherman too, you know. You sometimes you want to get the bait out there, so you, you really want to use those long rods um, to do that. But yeah, that's a good point. Last question: If you cannot, if you're not ever allowed to fish for bass again. That includes smallmouth, any any black bass, none at all. Which t- fish would you target?
2: Well, I'm musky. Musky? Do yes. You do a lot of musking up there. <laughs> I try to do a lot in the fall time. You don't really want to target them once the water is above seventy-five because it could, even if they swim off, it could end up killing them in the end of it. No. So, P- uh, PB um, musky? Haven't caught one yet, man. <laughs> it's it's the fish of ten thousand casts for a reason. That's an
1: interesting choice, being that you never caught one, man. I wouldn't be. <laughs> I be
2: it's the. It's like the. I don't know how to explain. It. It's like the lure. Uh, Knowing it's like this, uh, at least out here, like it's like this fish of 10,000 casts. Like, if you catch one, you, you're a really lucky person. And it's almost like a tarpon, but for the northern states. So, that is the best way I could describe it. Well,
1: tarpon are a lot easier to catch than muskie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> with
2: the right people, yeah. But yeah. if you're going out there yourself and not knowing anything, it can be a challenge.
1: Really? You think so? I lived in Puerto Rico, man. Tarpon is super easy to catch. Oh, we'll see? Yeah, it's, it's like trash fish over there. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's it, man. Um, anything? Oh, before I let you go, shout-outs. Go ahead and take your time to do your shout-outs, shameless plugs.
2: Um, I mean, I don't have many, but uh, I'm affiliate with uh, Bucked Up, which is a pre-workout and a post-workout, and then um, Outdoorsman Coffee. I have a cup every single morning. And uh, let's see what else. I mean, Paddle and Finna, obviously, they're not a sponsor, but they've helped me with so much. And uh, Benning Branches is one that um, I'm not affiliated with them, but I do love the brand and the product. Nice. So, I mean, that's, I believe that's about it for, oh, Rocktown Adventures. That was my newest one. You know, hey. they helped me get into my first actual fishing kayak.
1: Nice. And um, where can people follow you on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, or whatever social media you have?
2: Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok and YouTube is all at Chris Lifka Fishing.
1: At Chris Lifka Fishing, man. Where's that last name from? I have to ask.
2: It is Ukrainian from Ukrainian. my dad's side, obviously.
1: Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs>
2: But yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me because it's like, you know, a lot of people think it's Polish. But uh, you know, I my dad always told me you could get in fights over that. But <laughs> that way, if someone calls you Ukrainian Polish, that's that's starting to fight.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not from that part yeah. of the Europe, so I wouldn't know. That's
2: I, I wouldn't that's know different. either. I've never <laughs> been there. I was, it's just what I've been told. There you Man. go. Word
1: to live by. Then, if you live yeah. on that side. All right Chris thank you so much for joining us man um, I've had you for an hour it's a great conversation wish you the best with the podcast wish yep. you the best with um, with moving forward with your tournaments you know and your aspirations uh, you know and you know we are in, in Basque and beer, Battle and family whatever we can do to help you achieve your goals man we're all for it so yeah For those out there listening, remember, go check out my sponsor Douglas Outdoors. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. I also got a new video. I'm starting to do some YouTube videos. I was gonna say that, I didn't do it, forgot. But I got my first video out there, my kind of like full length, and I call it full length because it's 15 minutes. It's gonna be centered around me fishing with uh, talented anglers and kind of learning from them. So it's not gonna be just about me fishing. I'm also do some tournament recaps and I'm also, might also throw in some short like two minute videos on tackle tips of things that i feel comfortable teaching other people so go check it out follow me on youtube on the bass kayak and beers instagram as well and have a great day everyone if you're gonna go out there fishing please wear your PFDs. stay safe and congratulations to the winner of the bass nation kayak series kbf10 um i forgot his name uh cody henley uh, congratulations to him and uh that's it